Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another glowing episode of this week's point. Um, I'm, I'm Wombat. Your host John, and that was Wombat. Oh, I was going to introduce cool. you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Uh, but that's fine. I hey, wanted to Wombat, do it. Wombat, what's your glowing weak point? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, my glowing weak point is all the cool new anime that have come out this week. You know, yeah, we're, we're not there's been some some good ones. We're not talking about it's anime this week really. So I just wanted to mention that we are watching them and they're most of the ones I've seen have been pretty good. I mean, actually yeah. I haven't hated a single one I've watched yet. Yeah, you're also watching quite a few less than me. Well, um, some of those on your list I I know are out and I just haven't gotten around to yet. Like, I intend to yeah. watch some of those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, the... the and one, one I did, it was bad within the first, like, ten seconds, and I just turned it off. So, uh, and you know what? Healer girl sucks. <laughs> but yeah, like there's there's still one of the anime that I intend to watch that's uh, not out yet. So I think only there are a couple that are not out yet that are that looked good. Uh, I can't remember what any of them were. There, but I there were two seen them up yet. that I haven't seen yet. Um, that one one comes out Thursday, and then uh, the other one I haven't seen yet was from yesterday, and I just didn't have time. I was smashed for time. Smashed. Smashed. Yeah, like a, a spy family. Really cool. The first episode. Pretty great. Um, Love after world domination, really cute. Looking forward to more. Mm-hmm. The Dawn of the Witch, mm-hmm. surprisingly interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tomodachi game looks like low stakes Danganronpa. It's, it's oh, it's it's just Squid Game, but <laughs> Japanese. It is literally just Squid Game, but Japanese. But I don't think the characters will die. I don't. I don't get a no, sense of no. life-threatening, like stakes from it. Um, yeah. And, and then I mean, Al Ashi that... is the obligatory cool sports anime for this season. <laughs> yeah, there were there were a couple of them that uh, I don't. In general. The only sports anime I watch are band anime. And you can argue as much as you want about they aren't sports. <laughs> they are exactly the same as sports animes. From a formula standpoint, yes. Yeah, they're exactly the same as sports anime. And that's the only... I'll, I'll do that and I'll watch Keijo because, I mean... Mm. It's Keijo. <laughs> but yeah, what else were you going to say about Tomodachi Game? I cut you off there. No, that that's it. It's it's literally just Squid Game. It's just Squid Game? Uh, it's and just Squid Game. I want to drop the name of one more. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay. Um, Heroines Run the Show. 
romance anime where the main heroine actually has like a personality. Wow. Yeah. I'm not that gonna tell anybody what it is, but she does have like goals and a dream. <laughs> And she's not just huh. there to date the boys. That's kind of incredible. Yeah. All right. What's well, your glowing uh, weak point? I did my first out-of-studio game test. Ooh. This week. Yeah. Like you took it to and, some friends uh, and you said, hey, let's play a game. And you dropped your game on the table. <laughs> I got a... I, I convinced someone to grab a bunch of their friends together. So they, for the most part, didn't know who I was. And I also, uh, the my point was to do a blind play test, which means that I'm there, I'm watching, I'm, I'm recording and everything, but I am not supposed to interact at all. So okay. that I can see, you know, make sure that they, they can understand the game without an outside person saying, no, you should do it this way. Did you and, succeed? Um, I did not succeed. Uh, <laughs> you had to explain it? Uh, no, I mean, like, a lot of it they could get, but there were... Um, from what I could gather, and from talking to the, the one friend who was a part of that um, later, only one of them really significantly plays board games at all <laughs> and there is a skill to playing board games like that you you do like once you've played a, a a bunch of board games you can kind of understand a new board game when it's placed before you your much first faster board than game someone else can. should be settlers of Catan and not elder sign yeah 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 so, so like, a, a lot of these people just didn't have the wealth of knowledge to bring to the table to really understand how the game would work. Um, but there was the one person who, like, they, they picked it up. They're like, ah, I see. This is kind of, this reminds me of this other game. And I'm like, correct, because it's based off of that other game. And, <laughs> and then they, they were able to kind of piece things together. But... It, it showed me that there's um, a, a lot of the rules need to be rewritten to be better understood. So it was it was extremely helpful. The comprehension uh, level needs to be lower. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, like, they all loved it and want to play again, which is a hugely good sign. Uh, but I, I definitely need to do some work on clarifying things and making it more comprehensible. I have a second glowing weak point that is tied to that one, which I feel a little bad about. Okay. So, so to do this test, uh, because they're strewn across the state and I, you know, I wasn't about to go grabbing people and forcing them to be in the same room together. Uh, we did this through Tabletop Simulator because I've uploaded my game there. It's, you know, it's only on my account, so you can't just go and find it right now. Sorry, viewers. Um, listeners. Crap. Do you just want to do a video podcast? No, I don't. Is that what I you want to do? I hate video podcasts, <laughs> and I hate streaming, but I've done it 
for like five years now or like seven years now, something ridiculous i've done it for too long and now it's stuck in my damn head um <laughs> so it was on tabletop simulator and one of the things you could do is you can hold alt when your mouse is over something and it blows it up to fill up the screen so you can really read it right so because you know cards are small you don't want to like zoom in every time so you just hold alt and it it kind of pulls it to your face and you can read it um there were some problems with connections people couldn't um get everything working and uh you know they're they're all joking around and stuff it it does um so you know one person in particular they've they they're like they can't grasp things exactly the same way as everyone else can they they keep asking uh for help which is perfectly fine it 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 was helpful to me to know like hey you need help with this i need to help you with this better um but like after a few of these they're all ragging on them and uh <laughs> So finally, they flip over some cards, and he's like, ah, they're, they're just all black. I can't see what's on them. And everyone's just like, whoa, that's bad, because like, we can all see it. So they, they try a couple things. They restart the game. It doesn't fix it. And a terrible idea pops into my head. A terrible, awful, no good, very bad idea. But I can't. I can't not do it. So I get as serious as I possibly can, which is not serious enough because I'm still like laughing as I say it. I say, well, if you hold alt on it to pull it up in your face and then you press F4 to reset the card. Shut up. It'll fix it for you. (laughs) And it worked. He did it? He did it. <laughs> and it was, he was, he like, he was as fast as could be. Like, he, he did it so fast, it quit him out of Discord, too. Like, <laughs> and the best part was, everyone else at the table said, oh, shit, I was about to do it, too. <laughs> it was just because of how fast the one person did it. That it managed to keep everyone else from not doing it. And I just about died laughing. Wow. Because, like, I, the idea popped into my head. And I, I would never have forgiven myself for not doing that. Like, it was out there on a golden platter. The possibilities were endless. I had to do it. You just ruined that man's night. <laughs> nah, they 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 were fine with it. I did feel really bad though, considering like I'm there in a professional capacity, and you know, did this to them. He'll never trust but... anyone again. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I do feel a little bit bad, but like I I genuinely like it was so perfect. I would not have forgiven myself for for letting it go by. Okay. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about news this week. We are. So have you had the opportunity to look at any of these articles? So uh, of these, only one of them was on my radar before you put it on here. 
Okay. And uh, we can start with that one. I didn't get the update until it was on here, and then I went back and looked at my source and found it. So uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, kind of a shit company, as as we're well aware of, um, has had a lot of trouble recently with their their people striking, and uh, yeah, and there's 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 some some groups in there that are forming a union, trying to at least. Um, and, uh, they decided, hey, we can, we can try and bust that, and they made practically all of their QA staff full-time employees, except for one particular, uh... Except for the Raven software employees who have formed a union that are trying to get recognized by Activision Blizzard. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's good news and bad news. Like the good news is, uh, except for Raven Software, all of their QA staff are now full time employees, and I think the the minimum wage they do now is twenty dollars for each. Yeah, so, they they bumped like, up their pay significantly. Also, th- that that is really nice. Um, that that's that's a really good thing they could do, and it's it's well deserved. Um. It's just, like, that is really good, and it's really good for the industry to, like, have a big company like this giving their QA staff full-time and giving them a higher pay. Because it, it's it's going to, this will signal to other studios that, hey, it's like, time if you to want do to this. hold on to your people, you need to do this. It just kind of sucks that it's on the backdrop of them also trying to bust a union. Yeah. Um, because like, like all their excuses for, for why we can't, why we can't do this for Raven software, you know, we can't do it because of the national labor relations act. And then they cite, a a labor board V exchange parts company, um, which is basically like, you can't confer economic benefits to employees for the purpose of inducing them to vote against the union. And it's like, huh? Yeah. Well, but if you just recognized the union, then you could do this. That's yeah. that's what they're saying with that. Like, we don't want to recognize your union, therefore we cannot give you the same pay bump and make you full time like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I I think it's it's really just a bad idea on Activision Blizzard's part. What I think is that there's two people that are being stupid. I don't know who they are, but I, I know one of them's a lawyer and one of them's a C-level um, staff. Because <laughs> there's, there's clearly someone in charge who hates unions and is is just, they've got a personal vendetta against it. I wonder because if it's the billionaire you, CEO of the company. <laughs> I, I Like I said, I don't know who it is, but there it, there's like really just two people in here. And the other one is a lawyer who... We'll never is, know the name of. Yeah, and and they I don't know if they're against uh, unions, but they are at least read up on, on the union side of the law CEO or the the C yeah, and they understand the union law. And when the first person said, "Hey, uh, I don't want this union," the second person said, "Well, technically, you could read this this way." the The stupidity of this is that when Raven Software 
has their union recognized because it it will happen it's going to happen uh, like it, you can it, talk it, about yeah. union votes or whatever the entire qa staff there wants this union by all accounts yeah like like <laughs> so like it's going to happen there's nothing you can do to stop it and then once they get their union they're going to get the same full-time benefits and and pay raises that everyone else will because that's what unions do like (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's just kind of it's it's just dumb because it's like you're you're kind of just rubbing your feet and like you know trying to not make this happen but it it will and you're just wasting time you're wasting everyone's time right including like your other devs because the the striking that's going to happen is going to screw you over like it's it's short-sighted is what it is yeah because it's not it's also not like this union movement is tied exclusively to raven software uh, yeah, because there is the uh, a better ABK that still exists, and you know some of them would like to unionize also. And yeah. and the more they see you fighting against unionization, the more they're they're gonna be like, well then we need to unionize. <laughs> mm-hmm. The the reason you don't want unions is so you can treat your employees like shit. That's the only reason to not like a union. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh. I, you know, I I think it's just very short-sighted on on Blizzard's part. Definitely. Then there's just some stupidity, uh, like uh, Zuckbucks. I so I have it written here as I sold my soul to the company store for a fistful of Zuckbucks. Yep. And it like, doesn't actually seem to be like like that's a joke. It doesn't seem to be like this is going to be a currency they use to pay their employees. Yeah, no, and But and it's so vague think... that it could be. Yeah. Like it 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 sounds like as well that it's not necessarily NFT, although th- Facebook is looking at NFTs in other NFTs. places. Yeah. But it's it's like just a in-app currency and let me tell you now, in-app currency sucks yeah. everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like it's never good. The um, only reason to use an in-app currency is to get around federal regulations around money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's usually just... by gambling usually it's for gambling that's why you would use yeah. an in-app currency uh, so it i mm. um but also Facebook like is on its way out <laughs> the idea of uh i'm gonna quote the verge article here Meta is exploring social tokens, or reputation tokens, which could be issued as rewards for meaningful contributions in Facebook groups, the Financial Times reports. The company is also apparently looking into traditional financial services like small business loans. Could you imagine 
going to Facebook and being like, I want to get a small business loan. <laughs> They're not a bank. They're not a no, bank. No, no. Even better. You go to Meta to, to get a small business loan and they're like, Okay, sure. Here, you can have 20,000 Zuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's uh, the exchange rate on a Zuck buck? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's dumb. And, uh, like, so the, they're, they're kind of co-opting a lot of these ideas. Well, All of these ideas are co-opted from just Facebook the bullshit people say about They've literally never done anything new. <laughs> yeah. Facebook has literally never done anything new. Every single thing they've done is ripping off someone else's idea or buying someone else's idea and usually making it bad, like uh, the Oculus. Um, but, like, for instance, the... Uh, uh, where was it? The social tokens for meaningful contributions and stuff? Uh-huh. That's already done by Twitch. Like, it, Twitch RPG is the... Um, uh, what is the RPG stand? The research um, project group or something like that. Um, and and what it is is it's you you sign up for it and you uh, get these um, surveys like once a month, once a week, something like that. And they they send you a survey and it's usually from like Old Spice. Because Old Spice has has started putting their ad on Twitch, and so Twitch research research power group, Twitch RPG will send you a survey, and it's like, here, watch this ad. Tell me, what did you think of this ad? Do you think of uh, what deodorant brands can you think of off the top of your head? Do any of these brands think? Do you think they'll fit good on Twitch? And I've done this because. I used to stream on Twitch, so I wanted to make Twitch better, and also, they give you free stuff at the end of it. That's the spoiler I'll get to. Um, but, it, I always go like, no, no, this, <laughs> this deodorant brand does not fit in with Twitch culture, and no, this, like, <laughs> which of these um, toilet paper brands do you think best uh, fits in with Twitch? I'm like, none. It's toilet paper. <laughs> This toilet belongs paper. on a shelf at a store where people say, oh, this looks soft. Let me grab that. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the end of it, they give you like 100 bits to that you can, for your account, that you can give to another streamer. So like, you know, they, they do pay for your time. Major air quotes around that. Uh, but it, it, it's all in the in-system currency, so yeah. Eh, they they Facebook's just stealing everything like they normally do. What's the exchange rate on a bit? They're on their way out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, for streamers, it's um a bit's a penny, I think. Okay, like, so the, they're paying the you a dollar. A, a penny, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me see how much it costs to buy a bit while you're doing stuff. 
Um, see, the what I have an issue with with the social or reputation tokens as a reward for meaningful contributions is that it's just going to be handed out to anybody who posts a lot. It doesn't really matter like what they're posting, whether their posting is like inflammatory or criminal even. It's just going to be like, well, they they type a lot of bullshit, so here's here's some zuck bucks or whatever. <laughs> well, okay, so if it's if it's like karma like Reddit cuz they they did mention two different things, the uh the zuck bucks as they're called internally and also the social currency. Yeah. If you if you make the social currency like Reddit's karma where you say things that people agree with or that people find funny, etc., they give they they upvote it and then you gain positive karma. If Facebook wanted to actually try and fix their um, site from having all of the bullshit on it, you could have, like, if someone reports something, um, then Facebook could be like, cool, now you have negative social points, and maybe your posts are not visible to... The public, maybe it's only visible to your friends or, you know, something like that, where, like, maybe if you just have a certain negative amount, you just get banned or, <laughs> you know, so you, you get hidden from everyone, including your friends. But see, there are Which, certain boards on Reddit that are, like, unusable because they're just full of shitbags and they've all upvoted their shitbag friends saying, like, shitbag bullshit. Yeah, well, well, that's why that's why I said when you when you report something that way, like a human has to look at it and they can go, "Wow, this is shitbag," and then they can, <laughs> right, you know, get get rid of you entirely. You need to do better um, than what Reddit did, which is just allow this wound to fester. Okay, so so there's millions of subreddits. <laughs> no, I know it's it, it's and an it's, impossible it's hard task. To find them all. <laughs> and 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 Reddit does relatively consistently go in there and be like, no, fuck this community. You're all banned. You're all gone. The community is gone, and we're blocking your IP. Um, but you know, it's there's still more of them because humans suck. Yeah. Um, the the problem with what I'm saying is that. Uh, that would require Facebook and Meta to actually give a flying fuck about what is right and wrong in the world. And we know and from that, Myanmar they don't. We know just from the entire existence of the company <laughs> that they don't. Right, they started this, out as hot or not. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to do this. <laughs> they, so, like, yeah. It's dumb. Do the next one. I don't know anything about it. All right, we're going to... All right, so this Valorant streamer streams on YouTube. Used to stream on Twitch. He got banned from Twitch. He got banned from YouTube um, for saying some super sexist bullshit. Uh, where's the, the quote? Here it is. I show speed. That's the name of the player who got banned told the player to get off the fucking game and do your husband's dishes at the top of his lungs. 
<laughs> what year is this? <laughs> 1952. <laughs> like, like I remember jokes like that in the late 90s, early 90s. And then they went away. And they weren't particularly funny then. No. I mean, they've never been funny. So, so like... Where, who? Like, listen, this is the kind of shit that I Love Lucy was making fun of people for saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was black and white. <laughs> but the reason I have it on here is because there's there's this thing where certain uh, very popular white streamers will say shit, and maybe they'll get banned, or maybe they won't. But even if they do get banned, they eventually end up unbanned. Um, you know, Ninja said the N-word on his stream once, and he's still one of the biggest streamers in the world. Uh, PewDiePie did a whole bunch of fucking racist Nazi bullshit, and he's still not banned everywhere, you know? Yeah, And so it's really interesting to me that this either 16 or 19 year old, uh, it, it's unclear how old he is, um, but Brown Streamer is now banned from YouTube, Twitch, and all of Riot's games. Yeah. For this. And it's like, this is far from the worst thing anyone's ever said on your platforms. <laughs> that is very true. Um, so it's just really yeah. interesting to me that this person gets permanently banned while all these white people will maybe get like a week or so banned and then be back in the fucking game or be back on YouTube or be back on Twitch. Yeah, I mean, so when did this happen? Thursday? Uh, I don't know when the actual thing happened. He was banned then, but it says it, someone spotted an old clip, and I don't know when the clip is from. Hmm. So it's not even like a thing that happened, and then everybody said, whoa, 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 wait. Wait, what? It was sitting there for a while, and then someone brought attention to it, and people said, uh, we should do something about that, I guess. Yeah. And their response was to permanently ban him from everything. Which I would not have a problem with if it was done equally. Yeah. My my thinking is that... Uh, they got banned on Thursday. At least the, the article about them being banned was posted on Thursday. So I don't think it happened much before then. Um, I have a very strong feeling that give it a week or two and they'll be back because that always happens. Like destiny got banned from, um, Twitch for saying some transphobic shit recently because he's and, a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure they're already back. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's possible, but they, like they, 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 I mean, Destiny's been banned like 
six or seven times and they're they're back like you, you get banned because you do something because the companies have to show that they're they're doing stuff and then they come back like you've been punished now you can come back it's just a i mean we'll see it, actually, we won't because we're never going to go back and look at iShow Speed. Uh, <laughs> and Kotaku is not going to post an article if he does come back. No, no, they're not. <laughs> so, like, we we won't actually see. But like, I have a I have a a feeling that they'll be back, regardless of the fact that uh, you know, uh, just deplatform idiots. My issue is the verbiage around specifically the Valorant game producer. Um, her name's Sarah Dadafshar. Uh, when Lester Chen, who is YouTube's global head of gaming creators, said that he was on it in response to the person calling out iShow Speed for this uh, bullshit, um, Dadafshar said she went ahead and perma banned him from Valorant and every other Riot game. Like, yeah. just, just, you cannot play our games anymore. You are, you're done for this, this thing. Child, possibly. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't blame her. I just feel like it's the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. Especially when you work for Riot Games. The, you make League of Legends. Come on. Like, have you not yeah. heard the shit that gets said in League of Legends games? <laughs> you are, yeah. You're not perma-banning all of them. <laughs> but, like, I again, this this was specifically brought to their attention. Like, this is... And, and it's not a report in-game that never sees the light of day. This is a... Twitter post that is directly calling out people and like it's 33,000 retweets uh like that's it's it's going places and it's it's being broadcast that like hey riot you've got shitty people on your platform and now 33,000 people know about that if, if you're playing a Riot game, if you're playing League of Legends and someone says the N-word at you, you can report them and, you know, they may or may not do something about that, but they don't have to make a big deal about it because 12 people, 10 people, I don't remember how many people are in a uh, League of Legends game because it's a shitty game, uh, but like, let's say 10 people know about that. That's, you know, 10 people had a bad day and they, you know, are upset. That's not 33,000 people now looking at your game going, wow, you suck. Yeah. So, like, it's it's just, you know, when this shit happens and it's public, then they have to, to do bigger things to make people happy. When... If, if he had done the exact same thing and the person had reported them at the time, he would have gotten a uh, five-day suspension or something like that. Because I, I know the report system for Riot works, but 
there's not usually a permaban. <laughs> yeah, but uh, see, my issue there is that he's already gotten into public trouble before. Um, because if you read further into this article, it says that his Twitch channel was permanently suspended in December because he threatened to rape a social media influencer if they were the last two humans alive. Yeah. But how many posts did, like, how many retweets did that get at the time? I don't know. Like, it was on a Twitch stream. He said it on a on an yeah. e-dating Twitch stream. The video has 654,000 views on YouTube. Well, at this point, yeah. Like, it's... It's hard to know at this point because, you know, it's on YouTube and there's a Kotaku article about it. And I'm sure there's also a PC Gamer and all those other articles about it, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, we can. I just, I th- I just think it's gross, but... Tell me about how Horizon Zero Dawn is less of an awful game now. It's such a minor little thing, and that's why, <laughs> that's that's why I'm bringing it to attention. Um, so they made it so that you don't have to stop and like do the animation for picking up like uh, environmental objects every single time you want a healing berry or or the wood you need to craft literally any ammo. <laughs> You don't have to oh, go. Oh, so you've got Hoover pants now. Yeah, you don't have to go through the little. Oh, let me pick the the berries from the plant animation every single time. <laughs> you can just run through the world and pick up the fucking items that are everywhere and not have to stop constantly. That will save a whole bunch of time. That is a good change. Yeah. But it's just like, why didn't you do that to begin? People have been doing this in games for forever. Why is this a thing you're learning now, Gorilla? They they intentionally make these games awful. They have to, right? They this is this was a choice to not have it in the first place. Yeah. It's like how fucking Red Dead Redemption 2 would make it so that when you called your horse, if he was too far away, he wouldn't hear you. And if he could hear you, he would have to actually walk through the entire game world to get to you. (laughs) And if you ran into a, if you were running through the forest with your horse, you had to be super careful about not running into every single tree. And and whenever you killed an animal, you had to go through the whole slow slicing open the animal and pulling off its skin. And (laughs) Uh. people don't play games for this shit. I don't play games to see the berry picking animation. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) All right, so Sega wants to do NFTs. How are they doing this? You know, how everybody else does it. Vague bullshit about... Gaming has a history of expansion through the connection of various cultures and technologies, said Kikuchi. Gotcha. For example, social networking and game video viewing are recent examples. No, they have no idea. They have zero idea. idea. (laughs) This This is Sega basically saying, hey, yeah... 
You can go ahead and uh, cancel us. You know that bandwagon that's been dead for months now? I want to jump on that. <laughs> you know that bandwagon that is one of the only ways to exclusively make people hate you? Yeah, we're going to do that. This is becoming a Beatles fan in 1973. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they'll do next. <laughs> All right. And then, unfortunately, Kingdom Hearts 4 is announced. Woo! I'm oh. so excited. I'm so excited, John. Oh, no, there's actually two new uh, Kingdom Hearts I don't care, I don't care. For mobile. Don't care. One of them's a mobile game, and it's, you know it's gonna be important. Listen, I skipped, uh, I skipped to the time code for Kingdom Hearts 4 because I don't care. I did not even watch that trailer. Do not give a shit. Kingdom Hearts 4, though. You know that to fully get the Kingdom Hearts experience, you have to play all of the games, including the ones that are on specific phones that you can't buy anymore. You don't have to. You don't. There's there's exclusive story in there that you don't get anywhere else. Uh, don't care. <laughs> all I care about it's required. All I care about is Sora. All I care about is Sora and his dumb anime hair and all of his zippers and the the Keyblade and he's in a big city. It, it, listen, this is Tetsuya Nomura saying, "I wasn't able to make Final Fantasy 13 verses." So I'm going to use Kingdom Hearts to make Final Fantasy 13 verses. <laughs> it's it looks Let's... it looks fantastic. There's a the big big enemy. It's not a heartless. It's not a heartless I recognize. Maybe it's not a heartless at all. Oh, is there a new enemy? Who knows. But he's in a he's in a big city and he's like his appearance itself like cracks skyscrapers and shit and people are running people are running and then there's there's an anime girl and she's telling Sora like like there's life here but for you and me this is basically are an you afterworld really giving a blow by blow of the trailer yes <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> nobody gives a shit it's fantastic and then and then and then there's the shut the, the up. there's the organization 13 cloaks no but organization 13 nope. is dead who's wearing the cloaks now wombat shut the fuck up <laughs> nobody gives a flying fuck about that <laughs> also if they did they just go watch the fucking trailer watch the trailer Give a blow by blow don't john 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 I'm so excited. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 was so bad, but maybe they can be good again. No. All right. We're done. The news is over. There is no news. There is That's no news. That's not new. Game facts. Uh, this week, we're talking about Kamen no Ninja Hanamaru. Is this a game that even made it to America? Wait and see. Okay. Common <laughs> no Ninja Hanamaru, liter literally Masked Ninja Hanamaru, is a 2D side-scrolling action platformer developed by Naoki Higashio. H Higashio? Higashio? I don't know how to pronounce that. 
I don't know. At Now Production and published by Capcom for the NES. Ooh, the glory days of games when they were all bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In Common no Ninja Hanamaru, you play as the titular ninja Hanamaru as they investigate a series of missing children by hunting down the evil ninja clan that took them or that took them and defeating them with his trusty hawk companion. He has a hawk companion? He's a... Yeah. He's a ninja with a hawk. He practices falconry? Yeah, well... I, I, I don't know yes. I don't know the term for someone who practices falconry. It's a falconer, actually. That seemed too obvious. <laughs> but it's... It is. <laughs> falconry <laughs> is such a weird word. I thought it would... I thought... The other word would be weird also. No, it's Falconer. Okay. Also, that's the only way he attacks is by throwing his hawk at them. But but he's a ninja. Uh-huh. But what? He doesn't have a sword? Or a scythe? No. Or... I, I, I think he does have a sword, but it's on his back. And he never uses he, it? He uses his hawk to attack, yeah. yeah. He also uses magic, because ninjas use magic. Anyways, keep going. (laughs) Developed using a modified engine of the game Wagonland, a very similar platformer previously developed by Higashio, it was completely graphically and audio altered for an American release. (sighs) Titled (laughs) Yo-Noid. What? Are you familiar with Yo-Noid? I am... Yes! I think I think from a YouTuber who I no longer watch because they turned out to be awful, but I am oh. familiar with Yonoid. <laughs> I'm familiar with Yonoid because I've played it before. And also because my brother told me about it, but he lied. It's the or weird he was lied too. It's weird. It's the weird Domino's pizza mascot from the nineties that they made uh-huh. a video game out of. Uh-huh. Ugh. Let me take a drink. <laughs> it's 11 in the morning. It's, it's 10 in the morning for you. It's green tea. It's Arizona green tea. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Now production almost exclusively works on other studios' sloppy seconds. Porting games and making sequels nobody asked for, like porting the very transphobic Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise, to the Switch, or making the Adventure Island sequels for the NES, or even just working on re-releases like Sonic Adventure DX, Director's Cut. Yeah, don't play Deadly Premonition 2, and probably also just don't go back to Deadly Premonition, because... <laughs> I mean, don't you like playing Twin Peaks, the video game? I do, actually, the first time around. But then the second time around, he said, you know that game, The Missing, I made, where I did a really good job on representing trans people, and that was entirely because I hired a bunch of trans consultants? What if I I said I'm perfect at trans representation now, and I don't need trans (laughs) consultants, and I made a game where the trans person is the villain serial killer and also my my character's split personality kept doing a racist impression <laughs> for yeah. seemingly I mean, no I reason no problem 
I have no problem with the trans person being the villain because representation is representation everywhere. Yes. And that's the way it should be. That's true. It's just uh, the dead naming happens and... uh, It's, It's gross if you only have trans people be heroes and you only have... Uh, minorities be heroes yes. or allies and stuff like that's that's that is just as gross as as making them all slaves and stuff like that's you're you're not moving ahead you have to actually fully put them in there and the issue with deadly premonition to having the trans person be the villain um is that deadly premonition already had a cross-dresser who might be trans be the villain so it's it's now two it's not it's now two you know yeah you did it twice and it, it come it came right off the heels off that game i mentioned the missing where the protagonist is a trans person and it's it's like very well done and it deals with all of the uh abuse and shit people get in their childhood for being trans Mm-hmm. And then he made this game where it's basically a punchline. Anyways. Yeah, it just sucks. Don't play it. Naoki Higashio has very little credited to him outside Wagonland and Wagonland 2, but he is also known for being the composer for Miss Pac-Man, the game that is mostly identical but made slightly girlier from the majority female fan base. Although it is a better game in nearly every way. Yeah. Also, a news article I didn't uh, choose to pick, but I did read this week, involved Miss Pac-Man being altered, and now she's like Pac-Mom, because they didn't want to, uh, Namco Bandai didn't want to pay the actual rights holders for Miss Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess Miss Pac-Man is dead now. <laughs> Unfortunately. She's been replaced by Pac-Mom. In Yo-Noid, you play as the Noid, the weird red rabbit-looking mascot of Domino's Pizza, as he hunts down a lookalike, giving him a bad, worse name, and defeating enemies along the way with your trusty yo-yo. Yeah, don't you remember those the Noid commercials for Domino's Pizza, where he uses a yo-yo? I mean, I actually don't remember those commercials at all, because they stopped doing that by the time I was... Uh, aware of the world. (laughs) Uh, Alive, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was possibly happening still while I was alive, but I would have been too young to understand what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They gave up on Yo-Noid pretty quickly. (laughs) And I'm guessing his weapon is a yo-yo just because people say, Yo-Noid! That's entirely it. That's the whole reason. I mean, the, the they don't say yo noid though. Like there there's no reason for the game to be called that. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, they stopped they they stopped using the noid in 1995. Okay. So, so I had a year of existence where <laughs> the noid was a thing. Yeah. So, I, I have seen the commercials, but only in the context of that YouTube video, probably by the person I don't like anymore. 
They, they have brought the Noid back, though. Uh, I've seen several commercials recently that feature the Noid. Was it only in Japan? No, 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 no. Oh, you see he, commercials? Here. Yeah. Why? Because uh, I don't want to pay for YouTube. But, okay. I won't advocate for a crime, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it's a crime. Here, here, here's here, here's here's what I'll say for that. I also watch YouTube a lot on my phone, uh, which cannot support one of those. I see. So, yeah. Yep. Yo, Noid was cult popular enough to warrant a 3D sequel, albeit fan made during a game jam. Yo, Noid Two: Enter the Void, which featured the antagonist Mike Hatsune. A vocal noid referencing the Japanese only Domino's delivery app that featured the most popular vocal vocaloid. What? I want to play this game. Domino's I mean, it's free. Domino's hired Mik- Miku Hatsune for a uh, Hatsune Miku. Hatsune Miku. My yeah. bad. Yeah. For their app, they uh, hired Hatsune Miku. Yes. What? It is the Domino's X Hatsune Miku delivery app. I don't think it's around anymore. Uh, but yeah, it was it was their delivery app. It was before they even had a delivery app over here. Um, Sur- yeah. Surprisingly, Yo! Noid wasn't even Domino's first entry into gaming. Or even featuring the Noid! With the computer game Avoid the Noid released the year before, and the board game Domino's Pizza Delivery Game, brilliant title, released around the same time, they've really been interested in the market. Even doing a $25 million sweepstakes in 1993, giving away Game Boys and SNESs. And that was just the fact. That's too much money to be spent on that. <laughs> Uh, like this is the problem with corporations. This is the problem with corporations. It's the constant need to expand and grow profits, and you end up with a fucking pizza company saying, "Hey, what if we made video games?" <laughs> yeah, just pizza companies. That's right. I'm. D- uh, that's the example we have right here. It's obviously fucking everybody. Because they all need this, they all have this innate need to expand infinitely. And the only way to do that is to sell more things. I hate it. John, when do we burn, when do we burn Domino's headquarters to the ground? I don't know, right about the time where you, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go to jail I don't know if you want me to reveal that <laughs> alright wait we reveal so what this week I was gonna say right about the time when you quit but uh cause don't you isn't that where you work currently no oh which which pizzeria do you work for I work at Marco's right now Marco's okay yeah gotcha and I don't give a fuck yeah. what I say about them cause they can eat my ass I don't need their job. It's just useful. Fucking Marcos. 
Oh yeah, sticking it to the man. I they s- sure are gonna find you, wombat. I I swept underneath the make table one day and I got ants. There were ants underneath the make table, and the person who was helping me sweep said, "Oh, don't worry about that." And I'm like, "But it's ants." Don't worry about it. Ridiculous. Anyway, we're talking about music today. John. Yep, this is the media that made us. Muse- uh, media that we grew up with and had a big impact on our lives. And uh, the media that I picked from my childhood was the ska rock punk band Five Iron Frenzy. And... Wombat, in turn, provided me with the rock band? Um, the rap critic once described them as rock music if black people never got involved. Okay, yeah. And he didn't mean that uh, in a negative way. It's just, it's just used to describe them. That is what they sound yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> cake in case you couldn't figure that out yeah (laughs) so for both of these we we picked out three albums uh their first one their last one and something from the middle ish well i mean that was just for us uh, for the people the person who didn't know them to listen to you can obviously talk about whatever you want with five iron frenzy yeah um well i mean i'll I'll stick to those just because those are the best um so uh I guess you do you want to start? No, I'll let you start. Like you pick Okay. You picked what we were doing this week, so you get Okay, that's fine. Uh so I listened to uh Motorcade of Generosity, followed by Comfort Eagle and then Showroom of Compassion. And uh mostly I listened through Amazon Music and the first one was on there for free. And the other two were not. <laughs> so I went to YouTube and I looked up the full albums there. Good job. Um, thank you. <laughs> but uh, Motorcade of Generosity uh, had had like four songs that I, I f- felt I'd mention. Uh, Jolene was good. The and guitar. The guitar on Jolene is what makes it amazing. It's it's a good song, and then at the end, it's like it just goes weird. Yes. <laughs> uh, Haze of Love was good. Um, the the lyrics for "You Part the Waters" were nice, as was uh, "Rock and Roll Lifestyle." Haze uh, of really Love was an interesting lifestyle. choice. I I liked I liked Haze of Love. Um, Rock and Roll Lifestyle and "You Part the Waters" were the two that i added to my library i i liked them enough that i was like oh no i i'd listen to this again right i think rock and roll lifestyle is the first song that really like put them on the map kind of like it wasn't a big hit but it was it was something that people noticed and it's definitely the most like single ready song on that album Mm -hmm. it it is and honestly it I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was good. Um uh then I then I moved on to Comfort Eagle. 
which it would be absurd to talk about and not talk about short skirt long jacket yeah I, pretty much the best known song for <laughs> cake that's not true because i did intentionally not have you listen to nugget um because it has the distance on it <laughs> oh yeah okay, and yeah. Uh, and also their that's cover true. of i will survive which are their two actual best known songs okay honestly i hear short skirt long jacket more at least on par with the distance i think it's more of like a uh, soundtrack song so you'll hear it in like like indie movies especially it'll show up i'm at the radio oh really <laughs> yeah i'm not sure i've like, ever it's... heard it on anything other than pandora radio <laughs> no i i i mean i listen to rock and uh indie rock and pop rock and punk and stuff on the radio and it's it's very common on there um because of that i've listened to it so much that i actually dislike short skirt long jacket now (laughs) because i have heard it too many times so but it's a song it's popular so whatever um there are other great songs on this album yeah, the song Comfort Eagle sounded really familiar, but I couldn't place it, and it probably was because it sounded like The Distance to me. Like, it had a lot of the same feel, so... Uh, maybe in the instrumentation a little bit. Yeah, that's that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Because, like, it was... The song sounded really familiar, but, like... Uh, honestly, in my opinion, World of Two was the, the best song on the album, and... If it was on Amazon, I would have put it on in my library, <laughs> but it's not, so I didn't. I'm going to have to shout out uh, Commissioning a Symphony in C here, because that, that, was is, pretty good. that is my personal favorite song off that album. Okay. Yeah, that was that one was good. Um, Then we come to <laughs> Showroom of Compassion, which is their, their most recent, and... Here's where I have questions because I I'm very aware that with bands almost every band evolves as they go. Uh-huh. And and I got the first one and I think it was the third or the fourth one. And uh then I got the very last one. And I don't remember how many albums they have, but I'm pretty sure it's not 5. Uh, it's <laughs> um, Motorcade of Generosity, Nugget, Prolonging the Magic, Comfort Eagle, Pressure Chief, and then Showroom of Compassion. So they have six albums. Okay. You pretty much got yeah, so, Dead Center, the first and the last. Yeah. But there there was one between Comfort Eagle and Showroom of Compassion, and I feel like some, some big changes must have happened in that one because... No, Pressure Chief can be described as inessential. It has okay, a couple of really good songs in Palm of Your Hand and uh, No Air, and then everything else is like, take it or leave it, don't care. Okay. It's their worst album by far. Show of Compassion sounded like cake in the beginning. It just sounded like everything else that they've ever done. Uh, which, they there is definitely, they are good at nailing a sound. You can easily pick out what a cake song is. 
Because they all sound the same. Um, <laughs> That's not true. It's the horns, but it's not ska. That's their sound. They have a horn, but there's no ska. <laughs> you can have horns with no ska. Right, but... They're... Chicago. Ugh. There's horns, and they don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Chicago. I like early Man, Chicago. Twenty-five or six to four is my my jam. Yeah, that's that's the Chicago I can get behind. After that, it's like got that shit on vinyl. Peter Cetera go down. Um, um, so it sounded like the the album sounded just like normal cake in the beginning, and then as the album went, it just got weirder and weirder. <laughs> It, it was it was definitely not cake at the end and that wasn't a bad thing um it just didn't sound like cake to me um so but there's this it wasn't my favorite album <laughs> in general and the the most damning thing to say about it was that my favorite song and it, it was like honestly it's it's one of my favorite songs that I've listened to from cake is the instrumental teenage pregnancy that it's a it's a pretty good instrumental that's that was in my opinion the best song on the album so i did want to say something in regards to showroom of compassion um it's kind of a microcosm of 90s uh alternative music in general which is that they're all very clearly inspired by country artists um and and nobody likes to talk about it because country is like a dirty word in music. Yeah. But but like all of the best 90s bands had a little bit of country in them and it makes its way through every now and then. And Showroom yeah, of no, Compassion... It, it absolutely has a bit of, of... Yeah. Cake feels like country rock without the, the, the heck. Yeah, like... L- Leonard Skinner without the accent. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, Showroom of Compassion is, I think, where that comes through the most. Like, Bound Away is just a country song. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be my least favorite song on that album. Like, I used to think it was shit. And then I uh, I was, like, listening to the album. Because this isn't one I go back to very often, Showroom of Compassion. But I was listening to it again, and I was like, eh, actually, Bound Away is pretty good. <laughs> I like Bound Away now. Okay. I actually think the weakest so song me- is Federal Funding now. Yeah. It it was it was a weird start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me tell me how this media made you. Um. Uh, Cake is kind of like my introduction to how weird music can be. Because they're like... Okay. They're weird, but they're not too weird. It's like a... It's like sticking your toes in the water and you're like, ooh, that's kind of cold. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it helped... It helped me, like, understand music in ways i didn't before that you can do that weird kind of stuff and still make a good sound okay yeah because all right like like 
when I get into when I got into Cake, all all of my music is going to come from my teenage years and later because um, except for a handful of exceptions. Because I didn't really get to choose the music I listened to until I was 14. Um, I understand that, yeah. And the first music I really got into, like the first two bands I sought out for myself, were Nirvana and Tears for Fears. Those were the, those were the <laughs> first two. Uh, I know how your childhood was. <laughs> And from there, I get into like Weezer and and Stone Temple Pilots, and then Cake shows up. And Cake is Cake has horns. Cake has John McRae talk singing his way through almost every song. Cake has yep. the hey, all right, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, you can you can do all that? <laughs> yeah, still music. Yeah. So it, it... Okay. So it it basically opened your mind to the broadness of music. Yeah. Like even you're, within you're a genre, with, you can with, sound so different yeah. from your peers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Over to you. Okay. So, John, you chose Five Iron Frenzy. Yes. And um, the albums I chose to listen to and you okayed were their first album, Upbeats and Beatdowns, their Mm -hmm. fourth album, all the hype that mo- somewhere in there. All the hype that money can buy, and their latest album, as far as I'm aware, until this sh- yes. shakes apart. Correct. Um, there's a very clear progression for them. Definitely. Just just on a sound sound level, uh, <laughs> the most yeah. noticeable thing is that in uh, it's the mixing. It's the mixing for me. In Upbeats and Beatdowns, whoever is the lead vocalist, I think he's a little self-aware of his voice, maybe, in that Michael Stipe kind of way, where he doesn't really want people to hear his voice too much. So he's, he's like, mixed underneath the instrumentation a lot of time, and you can't hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And, I'll agree with that. It's Reese Roper, by the way. He's the uh, lead vocals for the band. Reese Roper? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all the hype, he's he, he's a little bit more comfortable with his voice, but now you can really tell that he's doing ska voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. For, for those who don't know, ska voice sounds like a sellout by by Real Big Fish. <laughs> sell out. Yeah. With me tonight. Sell out. With me. Oh yeah. <laughs> that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and until this shakes apart, he's a lot more comfortable with his voice and he's mixed above the instrumentation to where now you can actually hear what he's saying. Um, and yep. And he's not doing ska voice as much anymore. He He's toned down the ska voice. Yeah. I mean, he's also in his like fifties, forties or fifties. at this Right. Point. 
But I mean, the real big fish guy still does ska voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it is noticeable that he doesn't do it so much anymore. He's 48. Um, and, and I will say their messaging gets through a lot better as the albums go. Uh, I yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. Although they they do have messaging throughout. They do. Uh, but in upbeats and beatdowns, one one line really made me just fucking burst out laughing. It's on um, I think it's anthem. The, the entire song is him kind of... It's it's honestly the most vague song of their message songs. He's just kind of talking shit at America, but in, like, n- vague, non-specific ways, just about how America sucks. And, and, like, like you're asking me what freedom means to me. And then the end of the song is a punchline where he says, Jesus Christ is what freedom means to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It is a Christian band. But but so often they actually kind of avoid the worst implications of Christian music where it's just like which makes them so good. Jesus like, loves me. I love Jesus. I've never had to question my faith at all. Jesus loves me. Yeah. And and that is definitely something that like as they go that changes more because they do question their faith. Like two of two of them nearly uh, stop entirely because they're questioning their faith, and then uh, one of them just quits because uh, he's uh, an atheist. But like he he questioned his faith and found a different answer. Yeah, and then he he does. So one of the the changes there is that in until this shakes apart. Um, he's back in the band. Oh, so um, I never actually listened to one where he was gone. Um, oof. I don't know that you did. No, no, you probably did. Oh, all the hype, maybe? Um, I think he might have been gone for all the hype. That was in 2000. Yeah, he was gone for that. Uh, Scott Kerr, he's the, the guitarist. Okay. Um, guitar and, and backing vocals uh but he yeah he he lost his faith and then uh but he's back in the band with until the shakes apart but he's still an atheist like they they still like they they didn't try and force him to be a christian to be in the band which i think is is that's good uh, for, plus for yeah them. like it's it's definitely a christian band but they don't shove it down your throat for the most part. <laughs> yeah, and, and with um, with until it this sh- until this shakes apart, especially like they seem fed up with the state of the world, and especially with conservative Christianity's place in the world. Because while upbeats and beatdowns and all the hype that money can buy do have like message songs where they're kind of questioning that shit and calling it out. Until the shakes apart is pretty much entirely that. Yeah. <laughs> like every single it's almost rage against the machine levels of we're not having fun anymore. We're just telling you how it is. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely like <laughs> just rage against the world. But, uh. Because all the hype 
all the hype has fun songs. Upbeats and Beatdowns has fun songs. Uh, Phantom Mullet sticks out to me from all the oh, hype. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a pointless song about a dude who has a mullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because cause that's, that's the nice thing about music is that you can have songs like A New Hope, which is about going back to school after the Columbine High School Massacre. And then you can also have fun with, like, music doesn't have to mean something. It's awesome that it can, but it can also just be fun and enjoyable. But also, like, Hurricanes, I liked the sound of Hurricanes, but it's definitely lyrically one of those, uh... It's kind of Jesus, I love you. Yeah. Like... The, the chorus goes, I am so lonely. They say you were lonely too. Dear God, be my savior. I wait for you. Yeah. Like, here, here's here's the secret about Hurricanes, though, is that uh, I haven't listened to that song in 10, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, they, they produced, like, there's 15 songs on that album. Yeah. 14, something, yeah. Like, there's plenty of other things to listen to that are excellent. Well, and like... That you could just... On the album, Giants comes right after, and I was in that Jesus mindset, and I was like, oh god, they believe in the Nephilim? (laughs) 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 And because... Uh. And I, I... It wasn't until I was able to, like, read the lyrics that that got out of my head, because it's one of those songs where he's kind of mixed underneath the, uh the the instruments again yeah so it's hard to tell what he's saying the giants are corporations and he's talking shit about yeah how the corporations are stealing the world from us <laughs> corporate darwinism crushes everything below advances in efficiency increasing productivity are narrowing the margin for liberty but- yeah like <laughs> But when you have a song called Giants, and the only the only line I could hear is Giants roam the land today, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh god, they're Christian conspiracy theorists. They believe in the <laughs> Nephilim. <laughs> uh, no, no, they don't. I think I, I think it was Ugly Day that I liked off that album the most. Let me see. Okay, Ugly Day is a really good one. Yeah, I think I think this is this is one of the ones I really liked, Ugly Day. Yeah. And it's it's one of the more Jesusy songs. They don't they don't call out Jesus and the chorus or no, the verses say Christy, but I mean, come on. Christy. Christ, come on. Yeah. But it sounds really good. Uh I I really like World Without End, which is a um it's almost like a hymn and it I mean it's it is Christian. Yeah. Uh, but it but it's not is the worst. Yeah. They it's one of the songs that they end their albums with. Or they're not their albums. They're um, 
their shows tours and stuff yeah their shows i mean it's a it's a decent enough closer it kind of brings you down for the uh, mm-hmm. for the end like like if you're spending the entire rest of the the show playing giants and the phantom mullet and yeah <laughs> Uh, every every new day is the the actual closer that they do, which I don't know if you got. I don't think I listened to that one with any of yours. Okay, yeah. Um, but then until the oh. shakes apart starts and it just in through the outdoor kicks it off, and oh yeah. <laughs> They're at the fences. They're at the border. Your brand new gospel. Deny them any quarter. You'll want a blockade. You'll draw your swords. God save your sovereignty from syndicated crime lords. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a straight like fuck you and your anti asylum, anti immigration <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Like, why is grace yeah. now civil disobedience? Uh huh. To every stranger, you closed the gates, your new gospel spitting venom black with hate. You sold them out, saying anything for sponsorships, a self-imposed Orwellian apocalypse. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this this is... There's there's a reason why you've heard these things talked about on this show before. (laughs) Because when this album came out... Honestly, when this album came out, I slept on it a little bit. I I didn't I didn't really listen to it until a little bit later cuz I got because I was a Kickstarter backer for this I got the digital download for it way earlier. Uh-huh. And and I I listened to it on my phone when it came out and I was like, "Oh cool." Yeah, that sounds like Five Iron. But it be, between it being like complicated to play it on my phone because of the way like sound files work and eh, it wasn't great um uh i i just it it wasn't something that i really listened to deeply and i didn't re-listen to it was just the sound was was there it wasn't until i got the actual cd and put it in my car and just just listening to it on the way to and from work that i was like holy shit this slaps <laughs> <laughs> Like you could play this, this music is... at a Black Lives Matter rally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you you absolutely could. Um, Especially um, Renegades, which goes even harder than In Through the Outdoor. <laughs> yeah, but, like I was kind of, uh. I, I was kind of like just listening through the album, and, and like like kind of passively whatever this morning. And then this fucking this verse hit. The I know which one you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the congressmen are concubines for lobbyists who feed them their lines. Who Frankenstein some pantomime, some crying over Columbine. Yes, your capital it swarms with cannibals. When some other people's kids are shot, they chalk it up as an afterthought. They load their guns and reminisce and tell us it's just business. They hope we'll overlook the halls at Sandy Hook. Yes. And it's just like holy shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I love the bridge there, uh, because I mean it, it's, it's all Christiany, and the Son of God, you call him Prince of Peace, 
you want his worshipers to make your sales increase. And the Son of God, all clothed in righteousness, you want his followers, but not the pacifists. <laughs> you want your ledgers black, we want our children back. Like shit! <laughs> like, holy shit! They. <laughs> They have no chill. <laughs> like I said, this is a rage level. <laughs> yeah. That that and uh, Tyrannus are, are probably my two favorite songs on the album. Zach De La Roca is jealous that he can't get rage back together to answer this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> answer? They're going to open for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, what would you think? Um, I definitely think their later stuff is more for me. Probably. Like, yeah. I, I, the mixing is really so they, a, an issue for me. I really like being able to hear lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like having to go and look up er- what they are to understand what's being said. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, um, and ska music is also just not my genre. So in order to get into it, I kind of need, I kind of need that. Yeah. So uh, I will say they, as a band, evolved sound wise as they went. Uh, so they started out with with just straight Christian ska, and then as they went, they became more and more pop and punk and rock um definitely a lot of punk there um and uh, to to the point where like until the shakes apart has like two ska songs in it (laughs) i mean the ska drums are still there yeah but it's it's mostly punk it is but Um, i i feel like they're still with the drums they're keeping it in their genre they are yeah (laughs) Um, it's so, ska punk, like, whatever that is. Yeah, I I I'd suggest if you want to get more of it, uh, Engine of a Million Plots is their first album back from uh, hiatus. Um, it was the one right before Until It Shakes Apart. It doesn't have as much of the same messaging. In fact, I'd I'd say it it's it's Until It Shakes Apart is really their strongest one recently. Uh, because it's definitely all focused in on one thing. Um, it's almost a concept but, album. It's almost a concept yeah, album it, about how America sucks, Christian conservatism in America sucks, and y'all are all hypocrites yeah. for saying you believe in Christ while doing this shit. Um, yeah. Uh, but Engine of a Million Plots has a lot of the same sound. Uh, it's, it's also mixed a lot the same way. And it's got some fun stuff with like battle dancing unicorns with glitter. Um, but, uh, it also has some, some just good message songs like blizzards and bygones. So if you're interested in like the same sound, I'd say with that. And if you want to dip back a little bit further, see if you can find the end is near or the end is here, either one. Um, and that was their, their last album before they did hiatus. And it, it was also a lot punkier. Okay. Um, but like five iron 
uh, really made me musically because it was my first introduction to uh, ska. <laughs> well, yes, it was my first introduction to ska, but it was also my first introduction to music that wasn't DC Talk or uh, Chris Tomlin. I don't know who those are. <laughs> All right, so so DC Talk was a Christian rap, I'd say, uh, but like old rap. I forget um, that you you like used to be like super religious. Yeah, well, I mean, I lived with my family who are Christian, so, like, I wouldn't say that I've ever been super Christian. I wouldn't even say that my family would be, like, super-duper Christian, uh, but, you know, Christian music was what we played at home, and DC Talk is is pretty... It's, it's not as super-duper Christian as you might think. I mean, they're all Christian songs. They all talk about Jesus, every single one of them. <laughs> but it's not like... It's not like hymns and... Uh, so Chris Tomlin is uh, basically the guy who created uh, worship music after hymns. Um, I hate all the songs. I, I hate Chris Tomlin. Because uh, I've just heard them so many times and I, I don't... I don't like him. I've... I've played them too many times. <laughs> Not even just on an album. I was in a worship team and I played them and they're boring. They're boring songs. Um, but yeah, so like this was my first real step outside of like super Christian bubble music. Right. I mean, you can because... take a step from here and get into like collective soul and then from there get yeah. into like actual music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could take a step from here and go to, like, the rest of Ska. And I know Christian Ska was a big part of that, but, like, th there's there's a lot more there. Uh, as well, there's punk, so you can you could take a step and get into <laughs> a lot of different things from there. Um, I don't know that most I, people I like would. punk music. Oh, no, I love punk because of this. Like... <laughs> No, I get that you I, did. I'm I, just I saying, like, the, the general experience. Yeah. I'm not sure a whole bunch of people listening to Five Iron Frenzy got into, like, the Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Pro probably not. Um, but, like, it, it really pushed me outside of what I was familiar with. And also, like... The what while it is not hyper Christian, there are songs that are very Christian, and I the the point I would like to make with regards to the Christianity of Firebird and Frenzy is that it's not la 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 Jesus Christian like most Christian songs are. It's not like yay Christianity. It's yay the things Jesus said, and boo and, uh, all of you. Saying you believe in Christ while denying everything he ever did. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I can understand not liking Christianity. I, I 100% <laughs> I can understand that. I don't like the concept of Christianity. Like, I feel like most churches are just a giant pit of hypocrisy. 
But this is not that Fire and Frenzy doesn't push that on you. It doesn't push that at all because they don't they agree that Christians are hypocrites and terrible. They sing about it. Uh, but they do point out that like, hey, that dude Jesus had some cool ideas. He said some pretty cool shit. Remember that time? He, yeah. The only time he ever got violent was when he saw money changers in a temple and he threw the tables yeah. around. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's the deal. Is like he he's he's pretty cool. Um, and uh, and it was it was good for me as a Christian to hear these things to to go like yes Jesus is good and also Christians aren't necessarily good <laughs> um so Fire and Frenzy both musically as well as spiritually helped me because uh, it allowed me to make that distinction of uh there there is a separation there between Christianity and Christ um which you know, it's it's a part of who I am. Yeah. Le- the the so. best way I've ever heard it is that like religion is awesome until humans get involved. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's absolutely true. Um. So that was the the media that made us this time. Yeah. Um. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I, I enjoyed uh, yeah. all of the... Uh, like, I, I gave most of the praise to Until the Shakes Apart, but I did enjoy the other two also. Yeah. I, I understand that the mixing wasn't that great, especially considering uh, it was done forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Well, and I... <laughs> I get the feeling they were trying to hide some of their messaging behind the mixing also. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, they 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 did they they made sure that they did like a 50/50 split of secular venues as well as religious venues. Like they they would perform in churches, but they did not want to be the Christian band. They wanted to be they wanted to be in a real real band yeah yeah so they yeah but when they performed at a church uh beautiful america did not get played uh no they did oh they did like they 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 yeah that's that's the thing is that like it didn't matter where they were they played the same set oh so okay if they're at a secular venue they'll they'll play uh the same <laughs> I don't think they'll play. Uh, what was the one you mentioned? Beautiful America. Um, yeah, uh, no, the the other one, uh, Hurricanes. Oh. I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they ever played Hurricanes in uh, uh, on the road. <laughs> no live but, versions of Hurricanes. <laughs> no, I, I I doubt that. But like, they they did play Christian songs in both places. And they did play like if if they were around today, absolutely. Like, I mean, they are. Around, <laughs> but if they were, if they were touring in churches today, they don't anymore. Like the last few times I've seen them have all been in secular places because they just don't do churches, at least in the East Coast. Well, I mean, the mixing is um, better, so now the pastors can hear what's being said. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is, it's funny because uh, Reese Roper is a pastor. <laughs> he, he became a pastor after, uh, after they started and they have started a church in... Um, Denver, Colorado, which is where they're based out of, and it's the Scum of the Earth Church, I believe. Um, and it smells like weed and, all the time. And they welcome everyone, <laughs> no matter their sexual orientation or. Uh, they try to practice what they preach, um, but like if if they were still touring in churches today, they would absolutely play. Until the, like all the songs from Until the Shakes Apart in churches. Okay, they they are confident in what they're saying. That's good. So I have a question for you. We're gonna do some uh, some business on the show. It's very very quick business. Are we doing anime next week? Because we'll have seen everything, at least one episode, or do we want to give it one more week so that we have seen at least two episodes of everything? And we could do a, a game instead. Do you have games you can update your game played list with? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the, no, I, I Then don't. I think we're going to do anime. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be talking about anime next week. Um, uh, if you've watched an anime this season, we will probably be talking about it because I think I counted it up and I'm doing like more than 20. Which I mean, I know it's at least more than eight. You have too many on this list. Oh, I agree. I'm, I'm fully intending to cut like half of them out, but uh, they all sounded at least somewhat interesting so we'll we'll see <laughs> like i think these two down here are out and i might watch them today um uh and i know this one is out i'm unsure if i want to watch discount overlord though it's not that it's not that no okay <laughs> yeah like, I would say it's a discount, and then I watched it, and I was like, well, this is completely different and weird. All right. I agree. It's probably out, but... <laughs> I mean... But not for the reason you're stating. It is It is out. Or do you mean out, like, off of your watch list? Uh, off of my watch list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, all, all of these are, are out. All of these are watchable. Um, I haven't put the two that I haven't watched yet on there. Oh, I, um, I'm only using Crunchyroll, so I haven't I haven't seen some of these come up. Where where uh, else are you yeah. watching them? Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> I am watching on. Uh, shit, what is it called? Is it High Dive? Um, yeah, I'm I'm watching on High Dive. Yes, that's where I'm watching them. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yes 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 that's where that's where yes mm -hmm. for sure uh and weirdly that's the only place that they're at i had never heard of high dive until this season where the fuck did they come from oh they've been around um i mean i i canceled my subscription with them ages ago because they usually get like one or two worthwhile anime a season 
and it's like five dollars a fucking month so i'm like oh gross <laughs> is that worth it <laughs> no it's not it's it's definitely not I, but i mean i'm doing it for sure <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, uh, what are you looking forward to for next week? Ooh. Shit. Wow. Every single time you do this to me. Um, <laughs> I got a new book. Uh, I got a new book that's, uh, I mean, it's going to be a bummer to read, but I'm looking forward to reading it. Yay. It's, it's, what is it's, it? Uh, Sandy Hook. The let me oh. let me grab it. Will it be better or worse to read than Reborn as a Space Mercenary too? An American Tragedy in the Battle for Truth. It's basically about like the uh, the conspiracy theories that popped up about Sandy Hook in the wake of oh. the thing that happened. Yeah, and you live in Texas, so it's uh, it's all right there for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I visit my friends in Austin, it's a legitimate threat that if I go to a grocery store or a gas station, I could run into Alex Jones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, but he's sick. He can't make it to his... Uh, uh, yeah, court Dr. Marbles, yeah court Dr. Marbles told him that he didn't look well, so he went and saw his uh, fake doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to finishing an art piece. I've uh, been working on a painting very painstakingly for a couple weeks now, and it's, it's all very tiny work, so um, looking forward to finishing it this week. Cool. Yeah, and then I can focus on cross-stitching. Um, all right, well, I don't think we have any announcements for next week. Uh, oh, well, we, we need to decide, are we doing a topic or are we keeping accountable? <sighs> I mean, do you have an idea for a topic? No, not even a little bit. <laughs> Because I feel like I've exhausted all the topics I care about for right now. Okay. Um, we could keep accountable. Um, we could keep accountable. There's some... Uh... Which bundle was it you said that you had? Uh, the Palestine, I think. Let me look real quick. Cut this out. <laughs> Racial justice and equality. Okay. Let me... Because I think I have a game that we could do that's from that... That's not it. Okay. A game called Fossil Echo. Fossil Echo. Yeah. Okay. Uh story-driven platformer about a boy oh i clicked on it and now i can't see what the <laughs> i hate that uh, let me go back so i can read what the blurb about it is <laughs> story-driven platformer about a boy in his journey to climb a giant tower thank you uh, 
Why was that not on the page? I don't know. Because it's not on the page. It's not. It should be on the page. The page starts with, like, features. Yeah. This is dumb. Itch, you've got a dumb website. They do. All right, so we're going to be doing that next week. Yeah. Um, Hey, if y'all could share this with someone who eats Domino's pizza and uh, rate it five stars uh, higher than you rate Domino's pizza and... um, Keep the horns blaring. Keep the horns blaring. That's right. See y'all next week. Bye.